0: boo and about no college football this fall, at least Buckeye football. And all I'm saying is I'm trying to remain positive. Keep in mind, we are under, well, tomorrow we will officially be a month away from NFL kicking off. Week one of the NFL season is a week from tomorrow.
1: I like how you turn in the page, man, because when we closed the show yesterday, that wasn't the same
0: kidder. Well, you know, the meds are still high in gear right now. They'll be wearing off around six. That's usually why you get a more emotional kinner of by six. To get baseball in. You are going to get All the NBA in. You are going to get all the NHL in. The NHL has tested 7,000 plus players. Again, not 7,000 players. Over 7,000 tests have been conducted amongst the players and staff and personnel. No positive test. That's amazing to me. So the NHL's doing it. Uh, You have to do So the NHL's doing it. The NBA's doing it. Major League Baseball's doing it. By the way, Major League Soccer just crowned their champion last Mm -hmm. night. All right, they did it. There is no way, Kev. There is no way that the NFL will be the only pro organization to not figure it out. There is just no way. And maybe I shouldn't say there's no way because the Big Ten proved yesterday that, well, with bad leadership, there's always a way. But with no way, or there is no way, in my opinion, that the NFL does not move on. Their ego couldn't handle it. So this isn't a NFL versus college football parallel you know, they move at a you know parallel. No, they're not moving parallel. The the NFL is a pro sports organization, and it would be an embarrassment if the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, and I'm probably missing one, but all five of those have been able to get it done, and the NFL won't be able to. It's a much different sport. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, It's very physical, but there is no way that the NFL does not kick off on time and does not finish the season, and for me, the NFL has to kick off on time because what are you delaying it for? Delaying it does nothing. The same problems that are going to exist in you know, in the early September are going to exist in mid-October, late October, November, December. If in fact, it's only going to get worse because then you're going to get a lot of – you're going to be very confused amongst what the symptoms are because it could just be your regular old cold and mm-hmm. flu. You know, you're not going to be able to distinguish when your body is saying, oh, hey, you got the cold, you got the flu, and right away everyone's mindset is, oh, I got the rope. You know, mm-hmm. so that's why, I'm like, the NFL has to kick off on time. Wait, wait. The Rome. <laughs> I took the A out. I don't know why I did that. You I was know on the Rome. You should copyright that. TM. <laughs> TM that. Rome. I like that. Um, but, yeah, so in, in 457-9464, let's go to Ron. Ron, thanks for holding. How are you? The Ron. The Ron. Hey, what's up, man? How are How you? Are you
2: doing?
0: K- How you doing, k dog? Good, man. k dog. Well, I could be K Dog too, technically. This is Well, true.
2: El Gordo, maybe.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Back to K Dog.
2: <laughs> I know what, you know what that means, but anyway, um, I just wanted to say last night's hockey game. I mean, even if you're not a hockey fan, that game you could not turn it off. I mean, you had when they kept extending it. You're like, I got to come back and watch this, man. And it was the most entertaining hockey game man I've ever seen, man. And you know the are life, are you
0: a big hockey fan ron and i am like are, are you, do you watch are you a regular hockey watcher
2: not really, but you know I'm a Tampa Bay fan,
0: so that's fair anyway. i'm not I'm not a big hockey fan, so i I'm, I made it a you know a goal last night is i'm gonna no pun intended again i'm gonna watch this entire game. the problem is and just kept going and going like you said, and i didn't not enjoy myself, but at the same time i'm like i i i don't know it didn't not do anything for me but it didn't do anything for me either at the same time. It was a but good game. Watched. It just wasn't, especially the finish. Obviously, not the finish I wanted. But yeah, you're pretty but happy about
2: whole, it. You bet. You watched the whole game. You, you tuned in.
0: Yeah, when I got home, I mean, keep in mind, Ron, we go on from three to six, and the fact that that game started when we started our show, and we probably could have done our show three times before that one got done is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, no, no, but you're right, though. They're, look, and I told Kevin this earlier. It was a very entertaining five-overtime affair, mainly because when you get to the overtime and, every you know, the next shot wins or, the you know, the next goal wins you're holding your breath every time the puck gets anywhere near the net so that was a uh, you know those five overtimes were fantastic for that reason right there is because at any point of those five overtimes the game could have ended and both teams were just worn out by the end
2: yeah and there was another game that started and ended by the time
0: they like, pushed it what, this like, morning at like eleven or something
2: was it yeah and uh... but anyway i wanted to ask you about that plus um... you know with uh... all the college stuff going on i mean the the Big Ten's not gonna throw up fifty million to transfer to a different thing, but I bet you got some players' fields if he really wants to play, he might want to transfer you know.
0: That's something we're going to be talking about coming up, but absolutely, I wouldn't hold it against Justin Fields whatsoever. Yesterday, I brought this up about Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence, like if the ACC pulled the plug on their season right now, um, to me, Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick, regardless of whether there's a 2020 season or not. He's been around for you know two, two years now. He, he's won a national championship. He led his team to back-to-back national championships, winning one of those. I think he's done enough to prove he's the number one overall pick. I don't think that there's much left for him to accomplish outside of trying to win a Heisman or winning another title for Justin Fields, I think the NFL knows he's good. But the NFL knows he's good, just like they knew Dwayne Haskins was good. But they also had a lot of question marks about Dwayne Haskins, mainly because he only started one full season. That's the same for Justin Fields. I think see, I, I, I think it would help him if he had a chance to go start elsewhere uh, this fall, if he could pull that off.
2: Yeah, and like you know, the Big Twelve said they're going to play. So, I mean, Oklahoma would be a
0: perfect fit for that guy, I'm telling you. With, the way, with Lincoln Riley's luck, you know, uh, with Lincoln Riley's luck, it would not surprise me whatsoever if somehow that was something that they can end up pulling off. You know, Lincoln Riley gets Baker Mayfield, yeah, then right. he gets Kyler Murray, and then you go out and get last year Jalen Hurts, and then all of a sudden you somehow end up with Justin Fields. Ron, that that would be an interesting little fallout. I don't think it'll happen, but that would be very interesting if it fell that way. Yeah.
2: And, and like, you know, I don't know how much time they'd have to prepare, but, um, yeah, one last thing, too. Like, I've noticed every game the Astros play, they either get in a fight or they're getting plunked, like, a couple times, you know.
0: Good. Yeah, I mean, we figured that was going to be the case. I was saying that the the entire off uh, season, or the entire summer that they were off during the negotiations, I said the only team that's happy about not playing right now is the Astros, because it was going to be a long 162-game season for them. Luckily, they only have to deal with it for 60 games. Dusty Baker doesn't have this team playing real well. Actually, I need to stop to get that way. There's not a manager out there that was going to have this team playing well. There's way too many distractions. The The Astros aren't going up to the plate to play baseball. They're going up to the plate to avoid getting hit in the head. So, everyone's in their head as far as that's concerned
2: i mean i watched that play on sports scenario the other night there was a ground ball to third. he just plunked him in the back
0: i know <laughs> it's ugly right now it's ugly so
2: so all right that's all i gotta say man have a good day and uh i just wanted to comment on a few things there so talk to you later buddy
0: take care ron go browns all right, I didn't get, I didn't let him get his no browns in. So there you go, four five seven nine four six four. Yeah, we opened up the show, of course, reacting to last night's five overtime, uh, you know, finish, uh, not the finish Blue Jackets fans wanted, but five overtimes in the fourth longest NHL playoff game uh, in, in 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 NHL history, unreal. Uh, and the Blue Jackets just couldn't come away. They lose three two to the Lightning. They'll have game two tomorrow night, uh, or tomorrow afternoon, I should say, right at three o'clock, right when our show starts. Uh, so keep that mind as far as that goes let's go back to the phones we got bobby bobby how are you sir thanks for holding justin go browns go browns hey we're out the way, baby how are you
1: doing pittsburgh (laughs) i'm good man how are you
3: not bad thank you sir this this k-dog saying uh uh-uh you're pittsburgh man (laughs) you are pittsburgh period that's it i'm still working on a name for you justin i
0: ain't got come up one yet but i will I mean, yeah. I have plenty of nicknames, just not all of them are able to be used on the air, so they keep that in mind. So yeah, your work's nah, nah. cut out for you, man.
3: No, 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 no. This this is going to be a good one. I'll figure it out. So, um, V-Ron, uh, as he is, um, the, that hockey game was incredible. It really was. Are I'm
0: you a huge, big hockey fan?
3: I'm a huge hockey fan. Nice. I'm a, I'm a Bruins fan and a Blue Jackets fan, uh, but... Uh, I've been a Bruins fan since like the ninth grade. So, but anyway, it was great. It was an awesome game. I mean, if you, he's right. I mean, even if, if you weren't a hockey fan, if you're not a hockey fan, watch the playoffs. That is the best hockey you're ever going to see. It's a pure sport. Those guys, I mean, those goalies were standing on their head making saves. I mean, it was incredible, unbelievable.
0: No, and then, again, how long they were out on the ice, too, was just unbelievable. As They were continuing to kind of, every once in a while, they put up a graphic. And Seth Jones was, I mean, well over an hour out on the ice alone. I mean, out on the ice for over an hour of playing time. When I mean, you count the three periods and the five overtimes, it was unbelievable. Good for him. I would really like to know how he's feeling today, though. And to be honest, 3 o'clock tomorrow, that's going to come quicker than you think, especially with how tired these guys are going to be.
3: Yeah, they had a couple guys, um, an analysis guys and all, that was saying, uh, one of them, uh, Jonesy, was saying, the NHL has got to do something to cut this, this back. Uh, overtime's great, but you got to figure it out. Like, um, go down to four guys or uh, cut the overtime periods down because by the fourth, that fourth overtime those guys, were, they were out of gas. I mean, they were running on fumes. I don't know how they were even out there skating like they were.
0: Yeah, and especially, I don't mind it during a regular regular season. like a, Not regular season, but I don't mind it during a non-COVID-impacted season playing that long, uh, but when you think about the fact that, you know, baseball, again, tried to find a way to be able to kind of – speed up their extra inning games um, by putting a runner on second, that hockey should have come up with something. I mean, even if you do a shootout or something, just to be able to kind of get a quicker finish to some of these games. I'm not saying no overtime, but man, once you get past two overtimes, they need to come up with something that's a little easier to kind of close out a game because that was, uh, that was, I mean you're playing so quick, the, the turnaround is unbelievable, and these guys are coming off of a game of five overtimes, you know, just over 24 hours later. I mean, that's going to be insane.
1: Yeah, because uh, yeah. uh, basketball overtime is different, obviously, because you have baskets trading back and forth so you get some type of excitement i mean i know the goaltenders are blocking shots and everything that's exciting but eventually you do want to see some scoring like scoring is the fun part of the game so if you just see defense for basically another game and a half that can be pretty tedious on somebody that's just being introduced to the game that's
3: true that's a good point that's a good point pittsburgh i'll give you that one um but the 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 entertainment to me is watching those goalies make those saves because when you're under a barrage after barrage after barrage, Tampa Bay did not let up, and and he was making uh, he was making saves uh, that I mean I hadn't seen goalies make in years. I mean like Dominic Kosick and and Patrick Wall, he, he was making saves that were just unbelievable, and the, they do do overtime. In regular season, but when they go to overtime, they only put three men on each side on the ice.
0: Yeah, they should have had that plan, but overall... I'm not going to bash a league that's kicked ass the way the NHL has. Got to give them a ton of credit. I mean, that's why we were talking about the NFL. I'm like, you know, if someone was asking me earlier, do you believe that the, NH- that the NFL has a season? I said, why wouldn't they? You look at every other pro sport right now has found a way to get it done. The, the NFL, who has, you know, resources upon resources, if they're the only pro sport that can't figure out how to get this done, they're going to look very foolish. So the NHL's done a great job, as has all sports. Soccer even crowned a champ last night.
3: Yes, exactly. No, NFL will get it done. They will for sure without it. They
0: not. have to. We don't have any football right now.
3: <laughs> I know. It's tearing me up, I know. But it's like you said the other day, I would rather them just just kill the season and no spring football, just, just go back to and, and start over in 2021 than to try to do this spring football stuff. And like you said, again, the Big Ten that commissioner, he's an idiot. He's just an idiot. But at any rate, guys, <laughs> thanks for taking my call. Love your show.
0: Pittsburgh. burn. I'll talk to you soon. Take her easy. Peace. Adios, Bobby. All right, good stuff. Four five seven nine four six four live on air, live on the stream, and live on Facebook. So you can listen, you can stream, you can watch. Head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show, hang out with us. Justin Kinner Kevin Nash with you here. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Ed. Ed, how are you, sir? Hey, Justin. How's it going? Hey, it's been a while.
4: Yeah, um... You know, it's funny that uh, the, the Big Twelve, the ACC, the SEC conferences don't care about being sued, or else they figured out a way maybe uh, to have the kids sign waivers. Uh, but but all you know, the Big Ten concerned about being sued, and that's why they canceled the season like a week after they put the schedule. I don't get that at all.
0: Well, I, I will say this: I, I I don't agree that those schools don't care about being sued, and here's why. If the season had started already, I would agree with you. Like, that's why I'm not getting too angry about the other conferences agreeing to go on and play. Keep in mind, the Big Ten is a lot closer to the date that they were supposed to kick off than the others. Everyone else is supposed to kick off at the end of next month, and the Big Ten, for whatever reason, last Wednesday puts out the schedule of them kicking off on September 3rd. And it's like, okay, well, why are you kicking off early in the month while everyone else is kicking off later? Now, with that being said, I don't think that football happens at all. Like, I I don't care what anybody says. I know what you're saying, Ed, but right now the Big Ten looks bad, but eventually they're all going to get to the same finish line, and that's going to be no-fall football. I hope, I mean, I want there to be football. Don't get me wrong. I just, Ed, I I see them all coming to the same conclusion that they're not going to be able to pull it off. For the same reasons the Big Ten is saying right now, the others are just being stubborn. And I think the others are afraid of the backlash that the Big Ten got because they know their backlash is coming, and I think they're just putting it off is all they're doing, in my opinion. Didn't didn't the Big 12 come out? say they're going to play? Yeah, but the Big Ten came out and said on Wednesday that they were going to play, and two days later the rumors are circulating that they were going to pull the plug. But they did add yes. They did say that they were going to play. Um, for me, it's just one of those where I, the Big Ten had a lot of behind-the-scenes chaos that was going on, that more and more stuff is starting to leak. Um, but I think that the other conferences are going to run into the same things that led to the Big Ten pulling the plug, and that is ultimately those waivers and the legal stuff you talked about. They're not going to be able to come up with a solution for that stuff if it okay. stems from that. Okay, but,
4: but they're going to have uh, players on campus, they're going to practice 20 hours a week. What's the difference in doing that and playing games?
0: Well, keep in mind, presidents are making these decisions, and they're yeah, making decisions yeah. for every student on campus, not just for a popular student-athletes. That's where the frustration's coming from. Kev, what did you have?
1: Uh, the commissioner from the Big 12 was quoted as saying, I would love to get my hands on the information that the Big 10 has. So this goes back to what everybody's been talking about, what you and I have been talking about for months on months on months. Nobody's being collaborative. Nobody's working together. If the Big Ten doctors are saying one thing and the Pac-12 doctors are saying the exact same thing, how come they're not sharing that information with the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, and vice versa? Like, if their doctors are saying, like, yes, yeah, okay to do this, why aren't they sharing that with the Big 10 and the Pac-12? Why aren't they being collaborative and sharing the same information? what well, matter of fact, why aren't they sharing that information with the rest of the world? Because guess what? The rest of the world is dealing with a pandemic as well. This is a right.
4: uh, cluster. What, what do you do with the freshmen? what's going to happen to them? Are they Do they get an extra year? <laughs> I, I think <laughs> so. Look,
0: you, you know, if the NCAA, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt, but look, if you look at the recent pattern, I mean, you look at what they did with spring sports when they canceled the, the most recent spring sports season, um, everyone was going to be able to keep their same eligibility moving into the next year, or at least the seniors were. And I would assume that they do that with the freshmen, too. Technically, the freshmen haven't played a down. And they don't have like there's nothing to take away from them. I think all that stuff will be ironed out at some point. It's a it's a big jigsaw puzzle that is yet to be put together. But uh, there's a lot of corner pieces missing. I'll will tell you that much. <laughs> what
4: about recruiting though? Recruiting's I, a mess. I, yeah, the 2021 class. Uh,
0: Ryan they gonna, Day, they, they can't they even
4: come to What if we don't, what if they don't play next year?
0: Uh, I mean, that's a long way away. But, again, nothing's out of the picture, mainly because back in March we all had that same approach. Oh, stop. They canceled March Madness. Football is so long away. Don't worry about it. And yet here we are, and it feels like we haven't made up much ground since March uh, as far as that goes. But, Ed, thanks for the call, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Ed's asking a lot of the same questions a lot of people are. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? (laughs) Bottom line. Uh, Mark, Tim, and Eric, I see you guys on hold, I promise you. Mark, we're going to start off with you on the other side of this break, continuing to take your calls. If you want to be heard, give us a call, 457-9464, or head to Facebook, search The Justin Kenner Show, jump in on the comment section. Here knows why we all love basketball. It's the sound of the buzzer, the roar of the crowd, the swish of the net. It's the spin on
5: the ball as it's released, the squeaking sneakers before an inbound pass, the timeout that gives us perspective on the moment we love basketball because we love movement and now that it's back we're asking you the fans what moves you goodyear more driven
6: the great thing about facts they're proven like the fact that crude oil contains impurities or that base oil made from natural gas is 99.5 percent free of impurities and the fact that pins oil is the first synthetic motor oil made from natural gas not crude oil It gives you unbeatable engine protection.
5: The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Ask for it at the Mopar Service Center at your local Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership.
0: Bengals fans coming up. Reggie Williams is going to join us 15 minutes from now. Top of the hour. Former uh, former Bengals great linebacker Reggie Williams will be with us live. 14-year NFL career. Played in two Super Bowls. And uh, Pirates coming up. So the Reds are in good shape right now. Second place in the NL Central. Pitching's still a concern as far as that bullpen. But we'll see what Wade Miley has tonight. Wade Miley on the mound tonight for the Reds. 640 the first pitch, 610 the pregame. We'll have more from Reds Royals coming up here later on in just a bit. But one more time, Reggie Williams will join us in just under 15 minutes from now. Top of the hour, hour two of the Justin Kinner Show. 457 Phone lines are back. Open to you. The Big 12 uh, is going to move forward with plans for the fall football season. Uh, today, my my approach and attitude about the Big 10 pulling the plug on the season yesterday, it is what it is. You Folks, you're wasting so much time being angry because mm-hmm. when... You think about it, the Big Ten was just the, I mean, when everyone else is coming out and saying, well, we plan on playing, oh, no, we're moving forward, we're going to play. Folks, you think that because they sound confident, but you want to know what is confident. What's confident is is putting on a scheduled release show on the Big Ten Network less than a, oh, no, a week ago today. A week ago today, we had on this show on Facebook, we had the graphics up, we had the Big Ten schedule, the Buckeyes schedule. We were all excited. We had our promos running September 3rd, Buckeyes, Illinois kick off the 2020 season. It's finally here. We were all pumped. And the Big Ten, the, you don't get more confident than that. And keep in mind, Warren knew that the tires were wearing thin. And he still went on the Big Ten Network last Wednesday and said, no, we're excited to finally get to this point of the season. We feel like we have a great plan in place. And then you find out two, two days later that there's no plan in place. My point is is that you could sound confident all you want. You could buy into the SEC pumping their chest that it just means more. So just because they say it means more doesn't mean that they're going to get it done. Because it means a ton to the Big Ten, a conference who brings in more money than any other conference, including the also precious SEC. They may have more championship contenders. It may mean more in their eyes. But you know what? You know what? The only thing that matters is in sports and really anything in life is money. And the Big Ten rules that. And they went ahead and pulled the plug on their cash cow. And sure, they look stupid right now. And there's a lot of behind-the-scenes drama. But I'm telling you right now, that same drama is maybe in not as chaotic of a way existing behind the scenes for the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, Kev. I believe... That we are just weeks away from them pulling the plug as well. The only reason they didn't pull the plug when when the Big Ten did is because they have time. The SEC is not kicking off till the end of September. The ACC mid September, if I'm not mistaken, they got time. They're they're pulling the plug, folks. There's no way. There is no way. And you could sit here and rip the Big Ten all you want, and you can act like, oh, woe is me, but there will not be a college football season this fall. Four five seven nine four six four. 9464 i get to Kev's uh, comment coming up here in just a moment. But I have zero faith in there being college football this fall. Someone messaged into the show, Kev, and said, I, I believe, uh, David says, I believe you are hoping that they don't play because you are a Big Ten fan. I'm assuming he's saying I that. He believes, I'm hoping that the rest of the schools don't play because I'm a Big Ten fan. Actually, I'm a college football fan, so if I'm wrong and the result of me being wrong is all, damn, I guess I have to watch LSU and Alabama on Saturday, I'll be okay with being wrong. I just don't look at this as a problem that is a Big Ten only problem. It's a college athletics problem, and it's going to exist for the others. They're not more special than the Big Ten. All right. Their leadership might be a little bit more buttoned up than the Big Ten in the transition year going from one commissioner to the next. Jim Delaney. You know, Delaney going, you know, into obviously Kevin uh, Warren, not Warner. (laughs) <laughs> as you always say you know kevin warren so it is what it is the big 10 they screwed up on a lot of things there's some communication issues behind the scenes between the ad's and the commissioner all that but the bottom line is folks you're getting all mad because in a couple of weeks everyone's going to get to that same finish line and i'm not talking about the finish line the national championship game on new year's i'm talking about the finish line being oh yeah we're no one's going to start this race point blank
1: that's very true um what i think about it is
0: Oh, yeah, hold Big on. Ten. We got a red states, blue states, all I'm going to say. Uh, and Oh, man, we can know. go there if you really we can want go to go there. there. But uh, I have a feeling that if we go there, then we're going to have to hear, keep politics out so of sports. You just want your politics in sports and everyone else is out. So, uh, no, that's not all you're going to say. I mean, don't say it at all then if, if we're going to go that route.
1: Let it be no mystery that the Big Ten was the first one to back out the season. The Big Ten was the first one to say conference only. Then everybody followed. Is going to happen the same way. Um, there's no mystery that it was the Big Ten and Pac-12 who backed out first, because if you look at how this country has been over the length of it, these places like the Midwest and out there on the West Coast, those are where people in those universities Feel that they're better than everybody else. Feel like they're smarter than everybody else. You look at the schools that's in in there. You got your Southern Cal's. You got your USC's. You got your Ohio State's here. You got your Michigan's. You got your Northwestern's. Those higher level institutions of learning, right? And then you go down south. Outside of Vanderbilt, Wake Forest. Can you name a, a Georgia Tech? Duke. Name another institution in the South that's on the same level academically as a Northwestern or Ohio State or Michigan. You can't. Oh, wait. You can't. And that is no mystery why these schools do this, because the school presidents are required, required to look out for everybody, to look out for every aspect, not just the sports aspect, not just the hospital, but everybody, every student, every professor. Every janitor, everybody, every groundskeeper, they're responsible for the whole thing. They don't want to be sued. And if it says that we got to stop football, we got to stop football. It sucks. Nobody wants to miss Ohio State football. Trust me. From the fan aspect of you and I being Ohio State fans, from the fan aspect of you and I being college football fans, and oh yeah, our jobs. Oh, <laughs> oh, I-O. It's just that simple, man. So, so people just calling you out or calling me out on Twitter or on social media saying, "Oh, we don't want a season. You guys just want to be right." No, we desperately want to be wrong. But more importantly, we want people to be okay. And
0: the way things looking, people ain't gonna be okay. Now, and, and hey, be clear here. If the Big Ten, this never came out this past weekend, and we're still talking about kicking off on the third, I'm not mad that they're kicking off on the oh, third. Oh, no. I wouldn't because be either. Because <laughs> that means they felt good about their plan, but they don't have a plan, and I don't think the other ones have a plan. I don't think the other schools have a plan, too. Because what I keep hearing is, and this is where I started disagreeing with Harbaugh and, and Ryan Day and everybody. When they're like, well... Our athletes are doing the right things. There's no positive tests. Well, yeah, dummies. It's easy to brag about no positive test when you're running in place. But when you got to start running places, when you got to start hitting the road to play at so and so and at so and so and when they got to come to you and they're bringing it with them. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's that, that's right. a dumb approach to this. That just means you accom- you did your job for the first stage of potentially giving right. yourself a shot to play. Bravo to that. Bravo got
1: about what? Let's go on the high end. Say 300 student athletes on campus right now. Guess what? You're gonna get an influx of thirty thousand people on your campus, coming from all across oh,
0: the what, country. It was funny though because today's moving day at Ohio State, and they, they're, they I think who was? I think it was uh, Austin Ward tweeted out that yeah, Ohio <laughs> State probably didn't think this through because their main Ohio State Twitter account said, "No, oh, it's move-in day with a big smiling <laughs> face," and you have all these parents moving their kids in, wearing their masks. And I'm like, yeah. But again, folks, keep in mind Ohio State. You can call it a football institution all you want, but it is a school. Okay? And that's what people keep forgetting. We all mm-hmm. live in our sports bubble. We yeah. do because, hey, you know what? We get to talk sports every day. It's great. Um, but we all, as fans, live in a sports bubble, and that bubble causes us to say, hey, how are they going to let students on campus and not let us play? Actually, I don't think it's weird that they're letting students on campus. I It would have been more weird for them to not let students on campus and let you play. That would have been weird. That would have been, okay, we're not an academic institution. We are a football factory. But you're mad because... It is a college. Mm-hmm. It is a school. Their job is to make sure that they provide, you know, us young adults, opportun- and, you know, whoever, opportunities mm-hmm. to go get that education. The education is whether you like it or not. I know we're not used to saying that, but that's what's most important. And it is. And the schools are, and they have a plan in place for those kids on campus, by the way. Well, you know what? That that's a lot of money for them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it's a lot of money for the the sports side. Sure. But when a lot of that money that comes in sits on that sports side and it doesn't all bleed into the, the academic side, and some of it does, don't get me wrong, but come on, they're stop with that. Oh, how are they going to let students on campus and not let, not let them play football? It's very easy. It's an academic institution. Their first priority is to the academic side we got to protect the, those students first before we start worrying about sports. And if you're trying to keep all the students on campus safe as much as possible, then you know what? What doesn't make sense is sending your 300-plus student-athletes on the road to go play somewhere, catch whatever there, and then bring it back to the campus over here. I don't know. It's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose. And I agree with you, Mike. Who does Nebraska think they are? <laughs> I'm with you. I am so with you, um, what's this? David Shaw says, ah, but it's okay for them to move in, but they can't play. Yes, David, because Ohio State, whether we like it or not, is not a football institution. It is a school. You are so- Just because the college athletes don't approach this as, hey, we're actually here to get an education, just because they don't respect the education side of it doesn't mean that the educators don't. It doesn't mean that the presidents of the universities don't. The presidents of the universities care about the academic side. They might have a vested interest in the athletic side, but ultimately it's an academic institution. It's not just a sports pocket over here that the presidents are worried about. They're worried about the entire thing. So, yes, that's what I'm saying. Is like this is why I'm not, you know, when people say, oh, well, the the student athletes, they they get a free education. You know why they want paid more than the free education? Because to people like me and you, that education is very valuable. But to them, it's nothing because they're not there for the education. They're there so they can get to the NBA or NFL or wherever. They don't respect the free tuition that's coming their way. So why should I respect what else they want whenever they have what we normal people like? I don't know. It's a conversation for later. Um, oh, is so, deep. deep, man. Oh, so now we uh, care about the academic side. Okay, got it. No, you don't, David. That's my point. You don't <laughs> care about the academic side. We probably don't care about the academic side because of our fandom, but the presidents do, and the presidents are the ones making this decision. The ones that weren't bullied, like Ohio State. So let's be clear, because uh, I don't care. All of a sudden, only two, all but two presidents voted against the uh, against the season, or for the season, I should say. Only two presidents voted for the season, and Ohio State wasn't one of them. But I guarantee you, Gene Smith and Ryan Day and everyone else that started screaming and hollering bullied her into. Oh no, I want a season. No, you not. You did end a week ago. Anyways, that's for later. Hey, let's talk something else. How about that? Let's. Uh, we're, when we come back, we're going to talk with former Cincinnati Bengal Reggie Williams. He has a new book out, Resilient by Nature. We'll talk about that. Plus, he has a couple very good stories from behind the scenes of his time with the Bengals, including a story about him having interest in being the Bengals GM. We'll get to that next.
6: Thinking of you. What kinder of words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At first, florists and greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort in a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton. A local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. ESPN
3: Dayton's fan hotline. 937-210- 9676. Something on your mind? Let us know. Leave a voicemail. Or...
0: Alright, hour two. Justin Kinder, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We got Reds baseball tonight. 640 will be the first pitch. 610 the pregame coming up immediately following our show. Wade Miley will make his second start of the season. In fact, the last time he tried to start a game, he didn't even make it out of the second inning. I need to work on my uh, salesmanship there. So tune in tonight for uh, <laughs> an inning and a half of Wade Miley. No, I'm just joking. Wade Miley uh, was actually facing a little bit of inch slight injury or a little kind of not a good feeling in his arm heading into that last start. They said he's completely healed up. I would have preferred to see the lefty be automatically sent to the pen. I don't know why. I mean, I guess they want to, le- obviously they do, they want a lefty in this rotation, uh, which is why they're really trying to make sure that this works. Uh, I would assume, if not, that he, if he can give you a good two to three innings a night, not as a starter, I would see him transitioned into the bullpen at some point. But Wade Miley, um, he is that left, that left hander. I mean, they had Wood, Alex Wood last year. That ultimately didn't work. He's back with the Dodgers. They go out and get Wade Miley this offseason. They want that lefty in that rotation. Rotation come playoff time, um, but if you can't force a square peg in a round hole. And if he has another bad outing, either tonight or his next one, they really need to think about transitioning him into the bullpen. Have two solid lefties. If you can get a couple innings out of him uh, and Amir Garrett, I mean, having two good lefties like that in that bullpen is a good thing coming out, especially considering you may not have a lefty for that rotation. We'll get into some more Reds talk coming up around the corner, including giving you that Reds lineup. Um, we'll get back into more of this discussion by the way keep in mind the NFL just released their positive rate test that's under one percent nice um w- under one percent for NFL camps right now the NFL's happening I don't know what it's gonna look like I think there's gonna be bumps along the way but it's happening and by the way no preseason was genius on the NFL do you know why it's what I the reason like this was so smart from a PR standpoint because the NFL' is gonna get to brag about Less than 1% positive test rates for the next four weeks, heading into week one. And when that first week happens, when you have the the Texans and the Chiefs, uh, and then September 13th, the first NFL Sunday, week one, I'm telling you, Kev, it's going to be below 1%. And all you've got to do, the hardest thing, is starting a season. Once you start, you can make adjustments on the fly. Look at Major League Baseball. I mean, it was a disaster the very first weekend, but they, they were able to ride the ship. It's still not picture perfect, but they're still rolling. And look at college football. Look at the Big Ten. The hardest thing to do is to get a season started. But once you get it baseball, we thought for sure it wasn't going to happen. Basketball, we thought it was going to happen, and then it got a little dicey along the way, and then it happened. The NHL, you know, you couldn't have teams play in Canada, and then they were able to open it up. It was bouncing all over the place. The most difficult thing to do during this time is to start a season during a pandemic. But once you get started, it's... Not smooth sailing, but you can make adjustments on the fly. It's hard to make adjustments built preparing for something you don't know. The NFL, if you can keep that positive percent under one heading into the season, that would be fine. And this is why it was smart not to have preseason games. Mm-hmm. Keep Because every, everyone's bubbled right now. You're, you're in your own camp. You're amongst the same people every day. And as long as no one's screwing up back at home... If you could survive these next three weeks, the NFL is going to kick off on time. That's why I'm in a good mood today. That's why I'm depressed about the Buckeyes. But in all reality, I think we're okay. And that's the biggest really difference
1: do. between college football and the NFL. You're going home to your family, while the college guys are going back to the dorms with about another forty thousand people. Like it's just it's just not feasible.
0: And to be fair, because we I, I'm critical of, of college athletes as well, thinking the rules don't pertain to them, but they came. I mean, college was getting ripped for all the positive tests that they were, you know, conducting. I mean, so many positive, tests, but a lot of that was from the players coming from where they were mm. into that bubble and in, into their camps. Yep. But once they initially got tested, they had a, a lot of players who tested positive. But after that. Once they went through their quarantine or whatever, then they were fine. Mm -hmm. The college kids were amongst each other every day. They were fine. But you didn't have kids on campus yet, so there was that aspect of it. So that's why when when Harbaugh was bringing up all those points about, man, we haven't had any positive tests in weeks, and that's fine. But that's not not the nature of what you're going to be facing over here in the coming months. You're going to be hitting the road. Your kids are going to be at parties and at bars and in dorms, and uh, they're going to be doing things they shouldn't with the student body that doesn't have anything to be responsible for if a, if a kid on campus gets the virus and they can't finish their first semester of classes oh well I guess they get to go home but at least they got that refund check right <laughs> like that's why we all went to college uh, let's just be clear so that's all I'm saying is is that's why I didn't care about when Harbaugh and write it but I gotta give the athletes credit they were following doing what they were supposed to they had that end goal of wanting to play of wanting to you know get to a season but we're also seeing in baseball where it's easy to do that up front but you kind of get a. You know, look at the Indians. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the the Cardinals. Look at the Marlins. You're starting to see some teams slip up regularly. uh, But we'll get into that more later on. All right. um, I was able to catch up with former Cincinnati Bengal Reggie Williams. Reggie Williams and I, we discussed his new book. Uh, We discussed his new book, Resilient by Nature. And uh, we also discussed his time with the Cincinnati Bengals. He shared some memories uh, from playing in the two Super Bowls. And keep in mind, he even shares a very interesting story about how there was a plan in place at one point and talks of him potentially being the Cincinnati Bagels general manager. Here's Reggie Williams. Good stuff here uh, on 1410 Wing Live earlier today.
5: I'm doing great, Justin. I appreciate the invitation. Love talking to uh, the great fans of uh, the greater
0: Cincinnati, Dayton area. Love that Who Day spirit. Alright, it's down it, is to, uh, I shouldn't tell you this now, I'm a Browns fan, I think I should have probably waited to tell you that towards the back end of the broadcast, but uh, big fan of your career though, I, do, I can't say that.
5: No, I grew up a Browns fan, uh, my father was a Jim Brown fan, and so I became a Jim Brown fan, my favorite coach was Vince Lombardi, so I also rooted for the Green Bay <laughs> Packers, it was just, uh, was at Lambeau Field in 1976, it was so pristine, And my first game against the Cleveland Browns, I came off the bench as a rookie, played well enough to start from that game my rookie year for the rest of my 14-year NFL career. So kind of a a lot of surreal
0: uh, coincidences. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Resilient by Nature, the name of your new book that uh, is available now that we'll talk about coming up here in just a few moments. But uh, you heard me at the beginning, look, yesterday, college football, it's very crazy right now. The Big Ten, um, of course, the Pac-12, their commissioners announced that they will not, uh, you know, they're postponing their fall season. I think we all expected it, but now that it's here, it's still kind of just, you know, it, we're all still shocked by it you being a former, you know, dominant high school, college football and, and pro player, what is your reaction? Could, did you ever see a time or imagine a time that we could potentially not have college football for a fall? I never
5: imagined that there will be any kind of circumstance where the normalcy of college athletics, high school athletics, ball football, um, would ever be interrupted. And if I was a player, I would have been just as devastated as you are as a fan. Um, and I try to you know, put it in perspective. Um, when I was in the ninth grade, that's when I was gonna start playing football. And I thought my career was all over because I fell out of a tree, landed on my head, had such a big knot in my head, you couldn't fit a helmet on for the whole fall. <laughs> so I thought my football career was over before it started. The only advice I'll give you, one of the many themes of my book, Resilient by Nature, is that adversity can empower you to uh, succeed in ways that you never imagined. So there are always bounce backs and ways to come back from adversity. And this is a huge uh, amount of adversity for America, so to have the, the cultural institution of football um eliminated from uh from uh, our routine is something that i just can't imagine and uh, obviously the big 10 uh, i see you're an ohio state fan i would believe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good i mean uh, you know columbus is a, a great great sports town um and uh, the whole culture of the city the state will be changing because of this pandemic and how this pandemic was handled from the top. Unfortunately, there is responsibility. We couldn't be in a better situation. We should be in a better situation. And again, it's all about following the truth whenever we are all collectively
0: on the same journey. Now, go back to your college playing days. I mean, if you were in a situation where you had to choose to play during a pandemic, um, obviously you would have to, you know, seek the advice of your parents and kind of, you know, kind of look around and see what your teammates are doing. But if you were a college player today and you had to decide uh, to play, how comfortable would you be playing during a pandemic? Would you play during a pandemic?
5: I probably would play. You know, that's a decision that you would have to make. Uh, when it's right before you. But uh, in, at Darwin, where I went in Hanover, New Hampshire, uh-huh. that's probably a safe a place, a unique bubble that you would have. Your challenge would be when you had to play away games, you know, in Boston or in um, Connecticut. That, that's where the travel of the games is one of the, um, opportunities for the virus to affect uh, the health of, of your team. That's why the bubble that is in effect that allowed uh, Major League Soccer to crown a champion to uh, Portland last night and how the NBA will be able to crown a champion at ESPN Wide of Sports which I do talk about in this book because I was the guy that created Disney's wide world of sports when I was hired in 1993 and it opened in 1997. And the vision was for it always be a place where champions would be crowned. So yet in that particular uh, circumstance, um, missing a college uh, football season would not have affected my uh, career with Disney but it sure would have affected my career for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know if the Bengals would have drafted me as high if I would have been
0: uh missing one year on my resume. You know it's funny you say that Joe Burrow. Uh, I think you've heard of him. Uh Joe yeah. Burrow uh he just he, he tweeted out that you know it, timing's everything. You know if this would sort have of, that he feels for today's current athletes who are impacted by this. And think about that. I mean, he was, I think, graded as like a fourth or fifth round draft pick heading into last season, and then he only went on to win a Heisman win a national championship and be the number one overall pick. Um, you know, he said he would be looking for a job right now had this happened a year earlier, and you have to feel for all the current student-athletes who are experiencing this, but you have to imagine, man, how many Joe Burrows are out there right now that we just don't, we, we'll never get to find out if they were going to have that breakout season. You alluded to it for yourself as well. You may not have been on the Bengals, had you not been able to play? That's true. I mean, it's
5: it's amazing how um, real life circumstances are like a, a domino effect, and they just follow one another. And so, uh, you know, even uh, coming out of uh, high school, um, I was told that I wasn't good enough to play for Michigan for the Wolverines. Both Jim Beckler personally uh, to my face said I wasn't good enough, in then I thought I'd never get to the NFL, and I was going to Dartmouth to get the best possible education that I could, with uh, you know an opportunity to still play football, but but definitely feeling uh, deflated about what my uh, future prospects were. But you know, once again, adversity sets the stage for rebound. Uh, one of the things my father always taught me when I was growing up was learn from the mistakes of others because you won't live long enough to make them all yourself. And so there's a lot of mistakes that other people are making or have made that we can learn from. And there are things that mistakes that we ourselves make that we don't want to
0: replicate in our future. Former Bengals great linebacker Reggie Williams with us here on 1410 Wing Live presented by Arrowhead Tax Service. I want to go back to something you mentioned. Uh, You have a fascinating story. I mean, everyone's very familiar with your playing days, Uh, but your post-playing days, you alluded to it already. The ESPN, uh, where were the ESPN wide world of sports complex? And I looked more into that and I realized, oh, that's where the NBA bubble is. And you talked about the MLS champion being crowned last night in Portland. You had a huge thumbprint, in that? I mean, you were the guy that helped put all this together, not just for the bubble right now, but if it wasn't for the work you did in the early 90s with this, the NBA would be playing elsewhere right now. Tell me a little bit about the job you did in, in helped building that complex. Well,
5: the idea really was formulated in the first time that I was asked what I would, would do by Michael Eisner at an impromptu lunch at the uh, world headquarters in Anaheim He said we had just bought the Mighty Ducks and we have all this land at Walt Disney World. What would you do if you were going to get in the sports business? And I started thinking of my greatest childhood memories and where I really passionately fell in love with a place for sports was in Flint, Michigan. We had a central stadium called Atwood Stadium. And all of the four high schools would play there and compete against each other every weekend, and compete against other schools from across the state. But it was a place that was first class, it had one of the first AstroTurf turf uh, stadiums, uh, fields in the nation, and we felt like we were big time. And uh, it was something special for our parents, or for our fans to, to cheer us on, And my thought was, we need a place in the country, one place, where everyone can go to compete. And they're striving to win with all of their heart and soul. But if they lose, they can still be at the happiest place on earth, which is Walt Disney World, which is something I never had as an option when I lost my two Super Bowls (laughs) to San Francisco. I never was in a happiest place on earth.
0: That's that's good. I you took that there. I wasn't sure if you were gonna bring that up, but you're right. I mean, I think that if you get to the Super Bowl, both the winners and the losers should be able to go. I mean, at least it puts a happy ending there towards the end, I guess. There's oh, no but, parade for the losers. Yeah. There's
5: there's nothing like that. You know, and I used to have nightmares about it. Uh, you know, I, I would have dreams that. I was on the field at the end of Super Bowl twenty-three versus being off the field and watching that horrible pass from Montana to Taylor, but in my dreams, I was on the field, and I made the play, and we won the game, and I felt the confetti, I felt the hugs, I felt the thrill of victory, and then I'd wake up and realize it was just a, a nightmare, and so that was really what I fought for, you know, and all the times this project was turned down at Disney is that institutionally the world of sports needs a place for kids to go and compete, put their heart and soul into it, but
0: know that losing isn't the worst thing that can happen in your life. Now, during this time, I mean, during this past summer, obviously, there was no baseball, no live sports at all. They were, you know, airing a lot of former classic games, NFL Network, and uh, it was interesting. I was talking with Keith Byers, and they would always air his previous Super Bowl. Like yourself, He, you know, he remembers the, the loss. The only Super Bowl he played in, they lost to the, to the Patriots. They lost to the Packers, I'm sorry. And uh, he says after the game, he just sits on that, sat on that bench, and he just stared. Like, everyone else went to the locker room. He stayed out on the field and just kind of took it all in, um, and he said it was devastating. I'm curious, you know, that game re-aired. I know a lot of your former Super Bowls re-aired. Can you sit down and watch your former Super Bowls, knowing the result? Uh, Is it too tough for you to sit down and watch those previous Super Bowls?
5: Uh, Super Bowl 23 was probably my best game of my career. Even though it was my 13th year, uh, I was really fired up about it. I have some great anecdotes in the book about it, uh, about uh, what happened just before the game started, uh, but I, I led the team and all players in tackles. I got a sack on Joe Montana. I had a pressure on Joe Montana. I had a couple balls defense and again, the last five plays of the game I wasn't in the game. Dick Bow called a different defense and I thought he would just call it for one play and he ended up calling it for the rest of the game and Joe Montana just tore that 4-1 defense up, and uh, that was it. Uh, we didn't have any pressure on him, and, and so yes, uh, I still vividly uh, remember how horrible I felt and how I had to focus on not crying. You know, I had to focus on keeping my head up and not crying, and I remember Mike Martin, uh, our wide receiver and punt returner who couldn't play that day before, through injury, He came over and tried to pick me up um, mentally, but it was just devastating. Because after losing Super Bowl 16, and that's the one that I'll go back to, that's where we had to play in the coldest game in NFL history, the freezer bowl, and beat the San Diego Chargers in order to win that game. And I remember, the day after we lost Super Bowl 16, and we arrived at the airport in northern Kentucky and we're taking uh, the, the bus back and we're going on 275 and every single car stopped and fans got out of their cars and started clapping all the way up 275, down 75, all the way to the stadium. And it was still below zero freezing temperature. And then when we got to uh, Fountain Square, everywhere you looked, as far as you could see, there were people there to cheer us on after we lost the game. And I promised those fans that day that we would win a Super Bowl. And so to lose twice to the same team, (laughs) <laughs> it was devastating. But out of that came ESPN Wide World of Sports. I never would have left since if we had won a Super Bowl. But if you're going to leave, you're going to try to do something memorable. And so ESPN Wide World of Sports may be as uh, great a contribution as I have made in the world of sports, and I'm proud of it.
0: I uh, haven't had a chance to, to talk to you since uh, the passing of Ken Riley. Uh, former teammate of yours again and uh, the one thing I love about you former Bengal greats is just how close all of you guys are not just were when you were teammates but you know how close you guys stayed connected after uh, just your reaction to that uh, again so many memories playing with him but uh, very unfortunate you never got the chance to hear his name be inducted into the Hall of Fame something we assume is coming at some point it's just unfortunate like many people bring up that it, it takes someone passing before the NFL or before the Hall of Fame wakes up and says oh yeah we need to get them in there very unfortunate Oh, absolutely. This, uh, he was a special friend. He was a special
5: teammate. Um, he is undoubtedly the, the one player that had the most influence me in, in terms of how to carry yourself with class. Uh, Rattler was always um, a competitor, but I never saw him lose his cool. I never saw him get an unsportsmanlike uh Unlike me, <laughs> okay. Um, but there is—I write a chapter about Ken Riley deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I list all the reasons, including the fact that he's still fifth in interceptions, and the style of play was such that he was a devastating uh, open-field tackler, and uh, he was one of the the leaders in our uh, huddle. As we had uh, some great uh, defenses through the 80s and 70s, in which uh, Ken Riley and Lamar Parrish would close down our corners.
0: All right, we got Reggie Williams good enough to join us here. Last thing before we close out with the promotion of your book, which I'm glad you've been touched on throughout, uh, and we'll uh, give people information of how they can get that book. Um, but we've talked about the past and your experiences, the great experiences and some of the sad ones. But uh, there's a lot of optimism for this Bengals team moving forward. It's been a quite the offseason. 150 million dollars spent by Mike Brown and company. They you know get their franchise quarterback they hope in Joe Burrow. It, this seems different. There's been years where there's been excitement, but this just seems different. Maybe not Super Bowl expectations for this coming up season, but it just seems different when you get your quarterback and it feels like okay, we could put this last decade behind us and focus on what's ahead. Joe Burrow is bringing a big breath of fresh air to Bengals fans. You could definitely feel it.
5: Well, I'm I'm a big Bengal fan. There's nothing that I would love more than for the Bengals to uh, return to the winning ways. Uh, which were the ways that I left the the franchise in 1989. It's amazing how far off the horse um, the Bengals have fell in terms of uh, your expectations. So I really am enthusiastic about Joe Burroughs, but he needs his offensive line. He needs everyone to stay healthy. He needs an impactful defense. He needs a special teams that doesn't give the ball away. There are so many things that contribute to the success of a football team. The one thing I do know, and that history has taught us, is that you can make a major rebound from a losing season and find yourself in the Super Bowl. Both of our Super Bowls, the previous season, we had horrible years. One year, we were four and 11, and then went to the Super Bowl. Before that, we were six and 10, and went to the Super Bowl. So the bounce back is something that every team needs, and you hope that uh, any player can be that catalyst. You know, everyone's expecting it to be the quarterback, but it can be any single player on that organization, offensive defense, that can be this catalyst that can take this team to the next level. And let's hope it happens this year, uh, because we need to be feeling
0: better in the future than we're feeling now. Is a lot of the criticism fair for Mike Brown? You've played for that family. Uh, You go back ways with that family. I'm curious, uh, when you hear the criticism, especially, you know, building up to the draft, and they won two games last year, they've lost a lot over the last five. Uh, I'm I'm just curious. I love hearing from former Bengals their thoughts on that because some step up and say, no, I I mean, all this criticism is not fair, and then others say, well, some of it's, you know, justified. Where do you fall within that spectrum?
5: Well, I I know that if... um Mike Brown was holding himself to the same standards that his father would be holding him to, Mm -hmm. uh, and that would be championship or bust. And the fact that he hasn't won a championship, uh, the responsibility does, you know, reside with uh, Mike Brown. And uh, he has, he's someone that I respect, and and we've become friends over the years, but um, uh, when uh, he, Uh, gave me the heads up about the opportunity to be the general manager of the New York, New Jersey Knights, which is the reason that I resigned from City Council and uh, went to New York. uh, Because there was some intimates that uh, maybe this was setting me up to be the general manager for the Cincinnati Bengals. That that was a way for me possibly to come back and get that Super Bowl ring that Cincinnati Bengals fans so deserved. And hopefully I would have ended up like Ozzie Newsom, who also didn't get a ring while he was a Cleveland Brown, a great Cleveland Brown tight end. But he got his rings as a general manager for the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, certainly uh, that may have happened if uh, circumstances uh, were such that the World League of American football would have survived, but it didn't. It was uh, you know, it was ended. So uh, I ended up at Disney a year later and uh, and ended up at Disney was a great career move. Uh would I rather have stayed in Cincinnati, been a general manager, and of course the only reason I would have stayed a general manager is that we would have won championships. Would I prefer that versus uh, you know, creating this place for all kids to uh, go compete in the first-class circumstances at the most wonderful, happiest place on earth, I think I still take the Super Bowl, right? You
6: know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Resilience by nature your new book, and I, I, I cannot wait to get my hands on this. Now, the, the forward is written by Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of people are excited about this book, including myself. Tell everyone, I mean, you dropped some crumbs throughout the, the throughout the interview about this, but what went into to writing this book, the purpose behind it, to, and again, close it out with how people can get their hands on it. Uh,
5: well, it was a collaboration with
0: uh, USA Today
5: NFL beat writer, Jared Bell, and uh, Russell Wilson was, um, was able to write the Ford. It's about his father, his father, Harrison B. Wilson, HB Productions, which is my nickname for him, uh, was one of my best friends at Dartmouth College. We were both two sport athletes. He was a great baseball player and football player. I wrestled along with playing football. And uh, he unfortunately uh, passed away, and it's about you know him uh, writing about you know that missed opportunity of sharing uh, the success that he's enjoyed as a Seattle Seahawks quarterback with his family. And so um, this book really just follows uh, me from Flint, Michigan, which is where I was born, and details some of the adversity that I've overcome, including having to go to Michigan school for the death when I was a child, and how from those dire circumstances, with the great family support, I was able to pursue a lot of dreams and withstand a lot of adversity. So for me, it's a really surreal to get really a lot of uh, publicity about uh, the book before I really anticipated, but primarily because of the unfortunate circumstances of this pandemic. But mm-hmm. if there is a silver lining, and that silver lining is a is a ray of hope for people. Sports can be that. And if you created a place where sports is once again uh, providing positive distractions and a reason to root on your team for a championship, then that's uh, that's one way to offset the loss of football this fall in the Big Ten. The Ivy League is not playing. So, and other leagues, I think, will follow if this pandemic is not put in more
0: control from the top down. And I keep going back to what you said earlier about uh, playing for Michigan. That would have made uh, all of this just a little bit more interesting for our conversation too. It would have been great. It would have been great. No, you did great things, still doing great things. I can't wait to read this book. Reggie Williams, former Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Bengals great, again, played in multiple Super Bowls, 14-year career in the NFL. Uh, great stuff today. Thank you so much for taking time and hanging out with us, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon more once the season gets here, and it will get here. It will get here. Well, thanks, Justin. I appreciate
5: you having me, and obviously, if you're interested in you getting an autographed copy of the book, yes. you, can, you can contact uh, Bookstore One in uh, Sarasota, uh, their phone number is nine four one three six five seventy nine hundred. They'll ship it right to you. You can get them online. All small letters. SarasotaBooks dot com slash events. And uh, I'll be happy to personalize uh, any autographed book for anyone that is interested in reading
0: Resilient by Nature. All right, well, good stuff. Resilient by nature. We'll have more information on our social media pages throughout the afternoon. Thank you, Reggie, so much. Much appreciated. Thank you, Justin.
4: Hi, Joey Beckett here A Buckeye Ford in some of the works package and the Double Take Tire Specials.
0: Call today for your appointment. or just like your favorite hometown baseball team your enterprise roofing team is all about protecting home we've been locally owned and operated since 1926 so for high quality roofing repair and replacement services you can are you serious? very serious the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? a reboot! Yeah, buddy. No, it ain't, yeah, buddy. It's, yeah, no. No Uncle Phil. No deal.
1: Come on, man.
0: No Aunt Viv. Whatever Aunt Viv you want to pick. <laughs> no deal. Enough. And that made people laugh. Why, your, why are you going to take something good and make it bad?
1: Your favorite show is what? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, no, no. Your favorite show is what?
0: Oh, but that but that's a drama. What's your favorite show? Breaking Bad. What's your other favorite show? Unless Uncle show? Phil's selling meth out of <laughs> Will's car, I don't really care about a reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. How much you want to bet you watch it? And I'll judge it the entire time. I'll be like, yeah, and, and Uncle Phil ain't fat enough, he ain't tall <laughs> enough. And you don't even have the real Carlton in there. I mean, if you can't get the real Carlton, if there's no Carlton dance in the reboot, then is it even a reboot? We don't know. Do you like any reboots? Do you like any reboots? No, like by reboots, you mean like with the turtle New cast? Yeah, no, I love when shows go away and then come back after a while. I love that like the nostalgia of it, like I think that was good, like you know Roseanne, her racist ass uh, <laughs> like I loved when her show came back. I thought it was cool, like seeing like the whole entire cast come back after like decades of being part. But of course, you know, <laughs> had to, had to ruin it. Her, her stripes never changed. It just she she wasted no time. She got a full season, and the ratings were better than any comedy out there. And she screwed it up. Um, so there's that. Where somebody? I mean, that '70s show can't happen now because Touchy Feely, whatever his name is, Hyde, uh, he uh, he gone. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, he's not gonna be around anymore. Who would have thought that out of all of them, okay, Ashton Kutcher's the biggest star from that seventies show, but Donna and it uh who's the most who's the biggest star out of that? Kutcher. I mean I said take him out. No, uh, take him out. I would say Mila she's um, probably been in she's yeah. had a lead role. Has she had any lead roles? But I mean she's married to Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I think Donna. I would pick Donna after Ashton Kutcher. If you had to rank them as I don't most know. recognizable Oh, then it has to be Mila Kunis. Mila. For a lot of reasons. A <laughs> lot stick of Sports. reasons. <laughs> oh, well. I'm kidding. Four, five, seven. Uh, reboot, people. Oh, the stick. Yeah, exactly. The, so the Fresh Prince of Air wants to put out a reboot. But if you're going to put out a reboot, I mean, you could at least bring up I mean, a little. you have Nikki. You have little Nicky. I mean, you could. Dude, he's probably like thirty years old. You could have him getting in a fight out on the playground, and Uncle Will now coming in to save the day. You got Hillary's dumbass still looking for a husband, and then Jeffrey ends up being the family butler, and then he's the only one that looks exactly the same. (laughs) And and Aunt Viv has to move in with Will because Uncle Phil died. You could do it, and then Jeffrey remains the butler. Family Uh, money.
1: He's trying to make me cry, dude. You want to talk about Uncle Phil, man? Yikes.
0: R.I.P. Uncle Phil. Facts. And R.I.P. This, I- this idea of a Fresh oh, Prince of reboot. It could happen, but how many of Will Smith's things have happened in
1: I always like to do that. I like to look at somebody's uh, movie catalog and see how many movies that were great, how many were terrible. You're I not going to hit 100 of 100, though, so I, n- I never hold
0: that against him. But
1: he- I mean, you know, uh, two guys are real close. Denzel and Tom Hanks. They're real close to hitting, like... 90%. They don't put out bad ones. 90%. Don't put out bad ones. They're like Steph Curry from the free throw line.
0: All right, folks. Hit the Fresh Prince one more time. I, I, I say thumbs down. Thumbs up to the reboot. Head to the Facebook page. Search the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. We're live. You could watch us live in the comment section. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up to the fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot, or a thumbs down. I'm giving it a big old thumbs down. Thumbs down to the fresh Prince of Bel Air reboot. Leave it in the comment section. Uh, we'll tell you about a contest we're having up coming up around the corner as well. Hey, the Reds in action tonight. I have that Reds lineup coming up for you next. When we come back, don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash next everybody, we welcome you back, Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, with you here on fourteen ten ESPN Radio. Happy Wednesday, Hump Day. So There you go. It's a getaway day for you, indeed,
1: indeed, indeed. Uh, I'm going to be taking a couple of days off, but I'll be back on
0: Monday. 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 You better not bring the Rona back. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And if here. you're going to pull an Urban Meyer and go on a boat with some <laughs> naked, shirtless Hold on, guy, bro. you don't want Did to you be see going that? on a boat. I go go on a pontoon, and there's six or seven of us tops, and we never get off the damn thing.
4: Okay.
0: I get sick, man. And to be honest, you should be more concerned about the gross water at Grand Lake St. Mary's than the people in Mercer County, which might be a result of the dirty water. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure. To be honest with you, did but, you see that video yes. with Urban Meyer? What was going so? Yeah, folks, yesterday, Urban Meyer has his coach face on, and he's on Big Ten Network, and he's being interviewed about the the, the horrible news of the Big Ten having the fall season, the plug pulled. Then, in the, so, Urban Meyer has this mirror behind him, and behind him. You could see this shirtless fat guy, like I don't know if he's making a like a bologna sandwich. I don't know what this guy is doing, but why this shirtless guy is continuing to just dance around in front of Urban, and Urban is doing this weird thing where he's like, like his mouth, he's grinding his teeth. He's so pissed off. He is literally, if he could have killed whoever that fat shirtless guy was, he probably could have done it. I don't know if news has come out of who that guy was or any explanation. But Urban was like giving him the death stare. And then he'd look at the camera and smile and answer the question, and then he'd be like shaking his head trying to get him out of there, and the guy just wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave. Get you out. just hate when you have a weird, random shirtless guy in your room, and he just <laughs> won't leave? Like, I mean, what do you do? Uh, ah, Urban Meyer. I don't know what that was, but that was something. Let me tell you. Reds back in action tonight. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Again, Reds and uh, Royals tonight. 640 the first pitch. 610 uh, will be... The pregame, and as far as the lineup goes for your Cincinnati Reds tonight, if you are live on Facebook, you get to see the lineup. If you're listening on the stream or on air, don't worry, we got you covered as well. Shogo Akiyama back in the lineup tonight. He'll lead off, bat first, and start in left field. In right field, batting second will be Nick Castellanos. Joey Votto will bat third and get the start at first base. Joey Votto knocked in the game winning.
6: dinner show live here on ESPN Dayton.
0: All right, and we are back. Quick little break, and we're back at it. Hour three. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on a Wednesday. It's getaway day for our guy Kev Nash over here. Kev Nash runs (laughs) Dayton. How about that? Let me see. We got to get that on a T-shirt. We'll give that away. (laughs) Pittsburgh. k Dog. No, hold up. Time out. It's Pittsburgh. Uh, k Dog
1: And... Kev Nash runs Dayton. Just going to keep a laundry list of all those.
0: Kev Nash runs That can't be a nickname. What I'm just saying. That's a slogan. It's not a nickname. True. We'll figure it out. I mean, like, when people call me, like, the fattest man in the world, it's not like I'm the... That's not my name. It's like, oh, the fattest man in the world. That's like a slogan. Like, oh, the fattest man in the world. And I'm not even close to being the fattest man in the world, but I might be the fattest 5'5 guy in the world. I got a tea time lined up. Uh-oh. 6.45, so we got to get out here. Pretty soon. I got to go get a hot dog. Got to (laughs) stretch. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Told you I'm the fattest man in the world. By the way, we're going to be having a contest coming up giving away the Justin Kinner Show golf balls. How about that? You can't even see it. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. The Justin Kinner Show golf balls. For those of you watching live on Facebook, we're going to be doing a live contest here on Facebook Live. Uh, here later this week, <clears throat> giving these away, a sleeve of the Justin Kinner Show golf balls will be giving those away coming up. And uh, I'm taking some with me today to kind of to hit. Going to 6:45 tee time, so I got to make sure I'm, I'm gonna be stretching during commercial breaks and stuff, Kev. And I got to get you out on the golf course one of these
1: <laughs> You really want to see that?
0: They let me. <laughs> they let me. I pretend to know what the hell I'm doing. Oh, okay. And they let me come back. Um, speaking of guys pretending that they know what they're doing, let's talk about real quick Kevin Warren and the Big Ten. How about that? That was good. Segway. That was, I uh, mean, Segway. Champion. How about that? How about that? My phone doesn't recognize my face. What? It's not like I have my mask on, just like everyone else around here. Uh, what, uh, what? I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm done. Where did that go? I'm not. So, yesterday... Gene Smith broke her hearts. Uh Austin Ward, he tweets out that he just spoke with Gene Smith. Gene Smith said that they are they are one hundred percent not going to look to play games this fall now that the Big Ten has postponed the fall season. Um the reason that was being even brought up in the first place was mainly because uh it was mainly because of the fact that Uh, Where was I going with this? Literally, I'm reading the comments. My ADD just comes into, like, it goes off, like, big time. No, Gene Smith said, hey, the Big Ten postponed the season. We are not going to explore their options as far as joining other conferences or playing an SEC schedule this year, whatnot and whatnot. But here's where, remember yesterday I told you, when you're Ohio State, you could do whatever you want, Kevin. Mm -hmm. You could do whatever you want. Let's put it this way. Nebraska, for whatever reason, has been thumping their chest. They've just been like, "Yeah, son, I'm a bad man." That's Think what Nebraska did. Ninety-seven again, yeah, exactly. And and Scott Frost as he's thought his way around? Did you guys see what I did at UCF? Did you see all those playoffs we didn't make when I was at UCF? Huh? Did you see those easy cakewalk schedules that I was winning left and right? Did you see that? Did you see those SEC schools that we beat in those bowl games that they didn't care about because they only wanted to play in the college football playoff? Did you see that? That's Nebraska and Scott Frost. You didn't even react to that. That was for you. I'm so upset. You know, I
1: totally disagree with that. But
0: okay, uh, you're. I mean, eventually you're going to realize that I'm always right, and <laughs> like ne- you were yesterday. These, these next, <laughs> time I'm about to prove to you that I'm right. These next two days, I need you to reflect. When you're off the show for the next two days. Reflect on what, WWKD. Okay. What would Kenner do? Not what would Kevin do. What WWKD? What would Kenner do? So Got it. Warren, Kevin Warren, Big Ten Commissioner literally I mean, has threatened nebraska they will be fined like you wouldn't believe everything that you said yesterday was going to happen if ohio state tried to pull this and and i look i never denied that that would happen but i have denied that it would happen to ohio state keep in mind okay that nebraska kevin warren's very adamant oh that's not going to happen though they will be severely punished they will kick them out of the league, which, by the way, if we're going to start the opening up the floodgates of kicking teams out of the Big Ten, can we just consider Nebraska and Rutgers a two-for-one special, please? I'm begging you. Get real football teams in the... Con- and by the way, I wasn't against Nebraska joining. I was actually kind of excited about that. I just hope that Scott Frost or whoever can... You know, resurge that program at some point, but so I made it. I thought it was interesting at the for that reason right there, Kev. That you rushing me? No, oh my goodness, my computer. Oh right, so like come on, get your point. Everyone else is. So to me, it's very interesting that Kevin Warren is being very aggressive in responding to Nebraska. Now, yesterday, Gene Smith says, "Hey, you know what? We are not going to play this fall. We are going to focus on spring." So typical, it's a microcosm of the entire Big Ten, you think one thing, you think they have it under control, and then someone else says something else, and then it's like, well, where's this communication coming from? Mm -hmm. How much communication is Gene Smith and Ryan Day having at this point? Because Ryan Day or Gene Smith yesterday says, oh, no, we will not play any games this fall. Our our sole focus is on spring. But then Ryan Day comes out today and says uh, that they have not ruled out playing a fall season, that it's a fluid situation, that now he and Gene Smith continue to discuss I'm telling you right now that Kevin Warren could be using Nebraska as an example of hey I'm telling Nebraska but I'm really speaking to every one of you here's what's going to happen if you opt out to leave the bottom line is is that Kevin Warren liked by nobody Gene right. Smith and Ryan Day who run the Big Ten who really run the Big Ten. You want to talk about Kevin Warren, who on paper runs the Big Ten, all right, the paper champion. We're talking about the real champions of the Big Ten, the real face of the Big Ten, and that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. If Ryan Day and Gene Smith walk into a room with Kevin Warren, I don't care that he's the commissioner. They hold face in that room. Especially right now. Especially right now. So, Kevin... I think it's no coincidence at all that Ryan Day actually utters the words that it's a fluid situation that they have not ruled out playing this fall. To me, that speaks volumes. For one, the whole conference has said plenty about their respect or lack thereof that they have for Kevin Warren at this point. And to be fair, for what's coming out, it shows that he doesn't have a lot of respect for them either. I mean, how do you not talk to your athletic directors for days and weeks on end during this time? I find that very odd, very strange, and I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt on something like that. But if you are Ohio State, and you are coming out and making a statement like that. And by the way, Ryan Day is a very intelligent man, very smart, uh, and he's not going to put a quote out there like that for no reason. He came out and said that they have not ruled out playing this fall as a message to the commissioner of the Big Ten. They are willing to take on that fight of, you want to find us, you want to you know sue us for, go- for going outside of the Big Ten to play games, do it. I dare you. Who's Ryan's day boss? Gene Smith. Yeah. And last I checked, Kev, he and Gene Smith continue to discuss. But Gene Smith said no. Gene Smith, has, he said no yesterday. <laughs> but guess what? He's starting to feel the pressure, too. Because, by the way, Gene Smith has a habit of this. He disappeared during the Trestle thing. He disappeared during the Urban Meyer thing. And now he's trying to do the cowardly thing again and, and step oh, out was on he, this. He was front line and center for the whole. Yes, he sat at that table. Yeah. And he took the hit just like Herb did. No, suspended too, right? President Drake took the hit for holding them accountable. Keep in mind, Gene Smith didn't come up and speak up for anybody. Ohio State is going to look to play this fall. I I mean, uh, I agree. After Gene Smith talked today, he got silent.
1: I'm confused. He talked today? I didn't see that.
0: Uh, David, explain real quick. David says, I agree. I agree. After Gene Smith talked today, he got uh, silent. I think Ryan Day went in there raising hell saying, hey, no, we're going to play. Like, we will play this year. I think a lot's on the line. However, I do think Ryan Day has been a great leader and coming out and saying, okay, all hands on deck. We can't sit here and sob and mourn about no fall season. If there's no fall season, we've got to start preparing for what's going to be going on come January, like he he. So in this press conference today, Ryan Day goes on to say that if there's going to be a spring, it needs to be early January, because if you're going to get a full spring uh, spring season in, it needs to you need to have time to get one in, but mm-hmm. you also need to have enough recovery time for these athletes. Right. So if you have a January, February, March, can you imagine a, a Big Ten championship game around NCAA March Madness and everything else going on? That would be insane. But keep in mind that. If you get a three month season in January, February, March, which by the way, beautiful weather in Columbus during that time, so uh, <laughs> I wonder how that's going to work out. By the way, um, but then so then you have what of April, May, June, July, and August, you still get a good four or five month off time for football. Now Ryan Day is also going on to request that. So for so what I also found interesting about that is for a lot of the early enrollees like Trayvon Henderson, the top best running back in, the, in that class. You know, he's been on campus now. They want to make him eligible for that spring season and for the fall season, right. and it count as one season. You're going to have a shortened spring season. And don't be surprised if they do have a spring and a fall that they have a shortened fall season too, Kev. Like if you do a eight-game spring season, you could do an eight-game fall season as well. Yeah. And full you know playoffs, bowl games, what have you, come next fall.
1: But I'm flip-flopping to your side, which you were talking about yesterday. Cancel spring. No spring. Just chalk it. Just chalk it up, man. Just chalk it up until fall 2021. And hopefully, hopefully the NCAA and all these commissioners from the conferences can have their stuff in order that we can have at least a Power Five, all of the Power Five playing in the fall of 2021. Just chalk the spring. Just, just chalk it. Give it up.
0: I think that they should put a stronger fight into playing this fall. If I'm Ohio State... As long as there is college football still on the table, being the SEC, ACC, whatever. Now, again, I'm not saying that if they pull the plug on those seasons that Ryan Day should be out there trying to advocate for these other teams to go. But as long as, I mean, I I, I respect his fight because basically as long as right now on the table the SEC is planning on playing the Big 12 and the ACC, as long as there's going to be college football kicking off this this fall, sorry, excuse me, Rona, as long as there's going to be football being kicked off this fall, here in a month, Mm There's no reason why Ohio State should not have a chance to still fight to be able to get some games in if that is going to be the opportunity. Ryan Day goes on to say, We are exploring all of those options. This thing is moving, it's changing, and we are looking at everything. I promise you that. Um, And, and again, you know. That's my
1: thing. Can the Big Ten reconsider? Can they come back and reconsider? Is it just because, like, all right, we said it's, push back until spring, that's it, and then miraculously, the heavens gates open up and they come up with a cure for this thing, and nobody has it in two weeks. Can we go back and say, game on? Like, that's my whole thing about it. That's why I don't like the postponement until spring. I like how Gene Smith... Was talking about I'm moving not back Smith, no, another two weeks, like whatever, whatever, whomever. I was down with the all right, let's push it back another two weeks or push it back till October or something like that. Like I just, I was a proponent of don't pull the plug until you absolutely had to. I don't think you absolutely had to right now. That's all. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. That I agree with. That's the one thing I was like, even back when they did the conference only schedule. I'm like, well, why did you announce that? Why couldn't you have been planning that as a backup? Like you could have planned the backup and still been tentatively in the in the like, you know, because everyone else followed suit after they did that. Now David Shaw uh, on Facebook says, "Yes, Day said he wanted to play. Smith said he agreed with the president's decision." Uh, Day went into Smith's office and said, "No, we want to play. Haven't heard anything from Smith since, and probably won't. He will stay silent, just like he did during the Meyer suspension." Here's the problem that I have with Gene Smith: is the fact that the, the the fact that Ryan Day even had to be as vocal as he did was the problem. Like that should be your athletic director. The athletic director is going to be. I mean, the fact that Ryan Day is having to basically. So if you have Gene Smith saying. I mean, Gene Smith for a while has been saying if it's not safe for students to be on campus, is it even safe for athletes? He's been throwing out a lot of those feelers of showing like a little hesitancy of wanting to play. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, Day, so Gene Smith either needs to man up and man up to the president and the Big Ten, or he needs to man up to Ryan Day and say, shut your mouth and sit down, we're not playing. Like it, One of those two things has to happen. But he gets caught between a rock and a hard place every time. He got caught between a rock and a hard place back with Jim Trestle. Yeah, he, he didn't have one opinion one way or the other. You know, he let the powers that be dictate Trestle, but he never went to bat for Jim Trestle, okay? Um, And because, for one, he knew Trestle was wrong, but he didn't want to go and, and say you know, basically run him through the media like that. Uh, But he also never tried to stand up for Trestle to the powers that be. Same thing with Urban Meyer. Yes, he was up there, Kev, he was up there. But he could have gone down, I mean, Urban was seething when he was up on that table. And Gene Smith is doing the the yes man thing like, OK, anything you want me to do, we'll do anything you want me to do, we'll do. The problem is, is Gene Smith is a he responds to the powers that be. He doesn't respond to the people below him like the coaches. He never has their back. The fact that Ryan Day was even put in a position that he had to be as vocal as he was. The fact that Ryan Day was doing the media rounds and not Gene Smith, the athletic director, was weird to me. Gene Smith should be the one standing on the chair saying, we want to play. We want to play. And because he is not doing that, I felt like Ryan Day, his back was against the wall.
1: That's not fair because nobody wants to hear from the Nebraska AD. Nobody's asking to hear. Who wants to hear from Nebraska? But I am just saying, we're just saying that because Gene Smith is in Ohio. We're only saying it. we, nobody said that about. Nick Saban. People want to hear from Nick Saban. They want to hear his thoughts They're not this. trying
0: to cancel the season.
1: But I'm saying they want to hear from Nick Saban. They're not wanting to hear from the athletic director at Alabama. They want to hear from the coach. But this isn't about what we want coaches, to hear from. The coach is on TV every Saturday mm-hmm. calling plays. He's the guy that we see. He's the face of the program outside of the players. Not the AD.
0: No. Listen, the coach, yes, of course, the coach is talking every Saturday because that's his job to talk on that. His job is not to coach on behalf of an entire conference or his school. As far as as um, as far as Gene Smith is concerned, Gene Smith didn't have an opinion about nothing. He was in the commercial, oh, where's your mask, wear your mask. That was it. That's all you saw from Gene Smith. Ryan, it should never come to Ryan Day to be the one to go across the media rounds and do that. And, by the way, no, no one was calling for that fans weren't saying Ryan Day needs to go on these TV shows and do this. Ryan Day felt like he was pant like it was put up or shut up time. It was one last desperate heave to try to save the season and that should have been the athletic director of the most powerful university in that conference. That's why when Nebraska's doing all this, you know, chit-chatting, I'm like it's cute, it's adorable, I get it, but please just sit down and, and the adults will take care of it. Well, the problem is is the adults weren't taking care of it. Ryan Day had to come to the rescue at the very end, and by that point, it was too little, too late. Um, I, think, I, I, I think Kenner's point is the AD needs to be the louder voice. Yes. Thank you, David.
1: I agree. I, don't, I disagree because That's his when job.
0: everything when everything is going to hit
1: the fan at Duke with the Zion thing, they're not going to be talking to the AD at Duke. They're going to be talking to Coach K. When everything hit the fan at Syracuse, they weren't talking to the AD at Syracuse.
0: They were talking to Beheim. And Bayham wasn't talking. Yes, he was. He, and then that's on him. That's stupid of him. Because they're the face of the program. And by the way, no, no, things, no, 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 no. But the this fan the and same Michigan thing. State is always but, the but coaches. But the stuff wasn't hitting the fan with Ohio State. This was a conference-wide, like, this wasn't an Ohio State issue. It was Ohio State had to be the leader to step up. Like, Ryan Day should have been the – I mean, they hold the power. They are the Big Ten. They should have been from the very beginning speaking up and being a lot more boisterous about all this. And when you talk about Coach K and them, too, and by the way, we haven't heard a peep of all the stuff that's been accused of Duke lately. No one's going to Coach K about anything. Coach K hasn't said a word.
1: Season ain't here. Watch when the season come. That's all they're going to talk about.
0: When the what the season's here, by the way, the reason if that by the way, Bayham can't hide from the media during the season because you have to meet with the the media every day. I mean, like when he uh, hit and, the hit and run that he. I'm sorry. See, see,
1: see, see. Here you go. Did you even see him? Here you go. Here you go. I can't take you nowhere. <laughs> I can't take
0: you. Oh nowhere. my goodness! I mean. It's, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto over there, I mean, just, <laughs> oh, man. But the, my point is is that if Beheim was talking as much as he was, it's because you couldn't hide from the media because you're meeting with media after every single game. Um, Ohio State's smart. They like to do all their screw-ups, you know, in the off season. Ryan Day, uh, I'm sorry, Urban Meyer did all his stuff in the off season. you know, Trestle in the off season. But I promise you, if some of this stuff came up in the middle of the season and Ryan Day's having to address the media after every game, then he's having to talk. Then he's being forced to talk. But right now, no one forced Ryan Day to go up there. No one was forcing uh, Gene Smith. But Gene Smith should have been up there, in my opinion. But anyways, Gene Smith right. was on the Big Ten Network. Gene Smith was on the Big Ten Network feed of the the all the coaches talking about the season. Every coach was at that point. You yeah, can't, he's after, not a coach. He's an AD. Not there. every AD was on there. They were. Oh, you talking after? Of course, they were all talking after. What are you going to do after? After it's too late. Oh, they, I mean. Like, that's like, you might as well call so him it's Blisters. Only because I'm going to call him viable. Blisters because he gets there after the work is done. I, I mean, seriously. No, we needed you there before. Before. Anyways. Or people could just wear a mask. No, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask, but I'm not getting into the mask thing again. How about that? Blue state, red state. Uh-oh. State the sports. All right, we'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash next.
3: show with kev nash back to the famous W I N G studios here's justin kinner and kev
0: nash hi everybody we welcome you back we got reds baseball coming up uh pregame starts in about 40 minutes uh 6 will be the pregame 640, the first pitch just over an hour of the game will start reds and royals reds get an extra inning uh victory last night over the royals they got uh they i mean look it's like we've been saying from the very beginning we all love that uh runner starts on second and next ratings rule. Only when it benefits you, of course. That's how this goes. <laughs> By the way, uh, more comments on Facebook. David said it is a blue state, red state thing. Look at who's cancelled and look at who's playing. Well, David, no one's playing. No one's playing right now. And uh, let's be fair, it's not a blue or a red thing. It's a green thing. It all comes down to money. And to sit there and say, well yes, a lot of money will be lost if there's no season. We did the math earlier on this. We were looking at this. hmm uh-huh. A university president is in charge of making decisions for the entire campus. Now, there are probably 40, 50, I didn't look at the exact amount, 40, 50, 60,000 students on campus, right? Let's, let's be friendly with the amount of students. Of those 50,000 students, how many of those do you think are student athletes? We were being friendly and saying maybe 400. We were just being friendly. We were just being nice, because that seems like a lot, too. Student athletes. So if a president of a university is in charge of making a decision for the entire student body, why would they make a decision to benefit just such a small, tiny percent of those students? Now, you can argue that tiny percent of those students... Also, partake in sporting events that bring in millions of dollars back. But to sit, this is why I can't stand this. Like, sports, as much as I love sports, and it is my life, it's what I do for a living, we're talking about it every day. Sports actually is not everything. It's not. It's not. It, it is not. It uh, generates millions of dollars for universities. It absolutely does. But you know what else generates millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for universities? Tuition. You know, the kind that we actually have to pay not that measly little free stuff that they give to the student-athletes, which is just not good enough for them, all right? That, that, I mean, it has no value. Apparently, a, a you know, an education has no value, according to student-athletes. Like, they want money, because that's what value Well, if you want money, go pro, go play elsewhere. Oh, but we can't, because we have, the NFL won't let us in for three years after high school. Oh, so it sounds like you really need college then. Okay, got it. But, hey, they're taking advantage of you. really need it, but, yeah, they're taking advantage of you. But that's an argument for later. So... If there's 50,000 students paying $20,000 in tuition, we are talking what, Kev? I mean, we're at like $800 million. A
1: lot of commas.
0: So, uh, I mean, look, if 50,000 students, uh, you know, playing whatever, so of that 400, you know, 40,000, so we're talking like $800 million that's coming in. Again, quick math on the fly here, bear with me. So if those students who are paying tuition still bring in money, why would a university president make a decision to keep those 400 or to keep those 50,000 students off campus for the 500 students to partake in sports that year? But think about the economy. The economy will just be ruined. No sports. You want to know it's also ruined if you don't have the other 50,000 students on campus. You think they don't help the economy? You think that when they're skipping class, that they're in their dorm studying? No. They're going out to eat. They're going to their Starbucks. They're going out to eat with friends. They're, you know, donating a lot of their dollars to the Beverage Foundation at night. Okay? Like, trust me, the economy, although it will take a hit from no sports, the economy is going to be just fine when you have those forty to 50,000 students on campus. It'll be fine. Like, the athletics takes a hit, and it's unfortunate for them. But these presidents are making the right decision, folks. Unfortunately for us as sports fans, they are making the right decisions. Those who vote no to the upcoming sports season, it makes sense. Because for them to allow the athletic season to go on, they would have to maybe do a, oh, well, you know, the students, the 40,000, 50,000 students, you'll just have to learn at home online. Well, then you're going to have to lower tuition. You're going to have a lot of people drop out. Enrollment's going to go down. But you know what? If you say, "Hey, we're going to let everyone on campus. We're going to charge the regular tuition, and we'll be—you know—you're going to get the, the 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 money flowing on campus. You're going to get the businesses around campus continue to—you know—get a lot of money floated to them. It's fine." Like, the university presidents are making the right decision here. They are making a decision that benefits the entire student body and not a tiny percent of student-athletes. I love sports, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that sports is everything. I'm watching grown men and women who are sports media lose their minds on Twitter. Literally calling people, like, every name in the book. Like, how stupid these presidents, like, you really think that these presidents of these universities who are, you know, pretty well-educated... A lot of them have doctorate degrees and others. Some of them, as you talked about, Kev, are lawyers. And, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Trust me, they know what they're doing in this situation. They have a responsibility to the entire university, not just to the couple hundred student-athletes on campus, as painful as that sounds. At UD, we're talking, what, enrollment of, what, 11,000, 12,000 is what I'm guessing. So should that president, should should Spina make a decision that's only going to benefit the 12 men's basketball players? Well, it's
1: not only just the student athletes that benefit. It's also the coaching staff. It's a ton of other people that benefit off of athletics. Um, but you are right. They are not just responsible. I'm not saying for there's athletes.
0: no benefit at all. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying like, like, it's,
1: it's not just the athletes that benefit. It's a whole bunch of people that benefit off of sports. But yes, you are 100% correct. It is an institution of higher learning. And the higher learning part of being Trump's an institution. Everything is number one on their list and protecting everybody, including the rest of the student body and employees, is a priority as well, not just making sure they play sports. So yes.
0: So we're gonna get to the point now like we're passionate about football right now, but it's gonna come to the point where we're gonna start hearing about university pres like SPINA, we're gonna hear about, you know, university presidents, uh, you know, for university of dayton you're gonna have to you know, what what side are they gonna vote on? You know, are you gonna be voting on, oh yes, there must be athletics and he probably will you know athletics means everything over here but it would be the equivalent of at Ohio State the president saying no I don't vote for sport but again Spina are you are you just worried because you bleed that flyer red i mean are you going to make a decision because you want to see the basketball dribble at the you know at the arena or are you going to protect the entire student body on your campus what's more important the entire student body or the 10 men's basketball players that actually generate revenue for your school i'm just curious which is going to be more important fans are going to say the sport Of course, basketball. We need our Flyers basketball. Well, well, if you need the foundation and an opportunity to keep basketball moving forward, you kind of need the money coming in from the regular old loser student body that actually pays to attend that school. So I'm just saying. Or mommy and daddy's money that pays for them (laughs) to go to that school. My bad. Anyways, I
1: mean, I think that whole red state, blue state stuff is just kind of off base. You know, especially living in Ohio, which is basically a swing state. Um, we're shut down and our governor is technically a Republican and he's been telling people he's not
0: Republican right
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's been telling people for months to put on a mask but you go down to Florida DeSantis he's open for business he's open for all types of sports business I'm going to Florida next month and then you're going to have to do what quarantine yeah don't come around me I won't because I'll be quarantined (laughs) but that's what I'm saying like yeah, you can people can talk about red state, blue state. Well, you know, DeWine and DeSantis technically are in the same party but they have two different mindsets about this whole COVID nineteen thing. DeWine wants people to wear masks and make sure everybody's safe. DeSantis is a hey, masks are optional We're open for business. NBA, come on down here. College football, we're kicking off. We're going to make sure Florida and Florida State play. We're going to make sure Miami plays. We're going to make sure all the schools play. We're going to make sure we have high school football. We're going to have sports, 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 sports. They're They're in the same party. So what are you talking about, red state, blue state? No. It's a safety matter. And the college presidents are doing what they deem is best for
0: the entire student body. No problem with that. Where is the data saying that the players are safer by not playing, David? Will you get out of your sports bubble? This is the—they the, aren't making decisions about it's too dangerous for the athletes to play, as it, like they are making a decision for the entire student body. The risk of if we have everyone, all the students on campus, okay? If they have all these students on campus, and you're telling them, hey, you got to follow all these protocols to protect yourself, and yada yada. yada and don't leave campus, but you're telling the sports players that they're you're telling the athletes that they can leave campus, mm-hmm. go play a little game, you know, tackle guys and stuff, and then bring it back with them, and then have a big outbreak on okay. Those student the student body generates just as much millions of dollars, if not more. Ohio State's, uh, t, you know, uh, Big Ten deal. What they get eighty million. Mm-hmm. We're talking eight hundred million off of tuition for and, the regular nobodies.
1: And we talk about how. The lawsuits from the student athletes, like if someone catches covid and that heart issue that they've been talking about a lot lately and someone unfortunately passes away from that. We're talking about it from that aspect. That's like the big thing people are talking about. But you're right. What if. They do contact tracing and student B catches it from a football player and they end up dying. You think their family ain't suing too? So it's multiple people that are liable here. They don't want to be sued.
0: And he says, you know, you can't take a risk out of everything. Yeah, you can by not playing. <laughs> that's what they did. You can't say that you can't take a risk out of everything. Well, the one thing you can take a risk out of is what can happen if we put student-athletes out on the field and either, A, they get sick from an outbreak on campus that goes to them, or, you know, because we act like this, you know, the student-athletes are everything, what if they get sick and then create an outbreak on campus as well themselves? So that's all. That's all. There's so many moving pieces to this. I'm bored with this. I'm done talking about this. Justin Fields, where is he going to play next year? Where is he going to play next year? done talking about this. No, I'm done talking about that aspect. of it. I don't yeah. care. The NFL Mock Draft 2021. Todd McShay's early predictions for all 32 first-round picks. Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall. He should. He's the best player in college football. He's the best quarterback in college football. And he should be the number one overall pick next year. But what about... Justin Fields. I'll show you where Todd McShay has him when we come back. Don't go anywhere.
6: I'm thinking of you. What kinder of words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you.
0: Get away day! Mr. Kevin Nash so breaking news not really breaking news but new news and by the way David uh, David says there is still a risk for them to get it from this do get sick they're going to sue us and that's going to be a lot worse than them getting the coronavirus like that, that that's ultimately what it comes down to by the way uh Ryan Day don't expect him to stay in Columbus too much longer I don't expect that. I, I, I'm, I'm, me. If I had to guess, there's a little bit of rift going on. There seems to be some mis- com- uh, some communication issues between Ryan Day and Gene Smith. Here's
1: lots of, lots of
0: emotions involved, man. Lots of, and again, so quick. So yesterday, I mean, Ryan Day says he's going to continue swinging and fighting, and that you know the the chance to play in the fall that it's that we're going to play in the fall. That we're going to do everything we can to play this fall. Gene Smith comes out and says, uh, no, we are not going to play in the fall. We are only going to prepare for the spring. Then Ryan Day comes out today. Keep in mind, so let's restart this timeline, Kev. Big Ten announces, pulling the plug. Ryan Day comes out, we're going to do everything we can to play this fall. Gene Smith comes out, nope, not playing this fall. We're only going to play in the spring. I'm like, okay, that sucks. Today, Ryan Day goes to the media, addresses the media, and says that they are Efforting very hard to still play this fall. I'm like, okay, so maybe him and Ryan Day or him and Gene Smith have talked and they're back on the same page. Not even a few hours after Ryan Day, you know, puts that out there. Gene Smith, according to Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, who we just had on the show last week, says uh, that I just got off the phone with Gene Smith, who confirmed that Ohio State is not going to explore options for fall competition. There is not a fall option, says Gene Smith. I don't know about you, but Ryan Day talking, then Gene Smith talking, then Ryan Day talking, then Gene Smith talking. If there was one plan in place, only one person would be talking. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Ryan Day, and I love what he's doing here, is using the media to his advantage, and Gene Smith is the bad guy. I don't see Ryan Day and, and Gene Smith coexisting much longer. I've said before that I, I would have given Ryan Day a couple more years with Ohio State before going the NFL route anyways. I do believe that Lincoln Riley opting not to go to the NFL might have kind of diffused that a little. I thought that if Ryan, if Lincoln Riley would have jumped ship to the NFL uh, and taken that big NFL money, that Ryan Day would have probably not been too far off behind him. But keep in mind, Ryan Day got a raise, but he's not making anything close to what Lincoln Riley's making. He's not making anything close to what Dabo or Ryan, or, uh, you know, Uh, nick saban is now to be fair he hasn't done anything to deserve being paid what they are being paid you know what i mean yeah and david i agree it does seem like he's speaking i don't know if he he says uh uh sounds like day is speaking out of turn i like what day is doing yeah i don't know if he's speaking out of yeah i guess speaking out of turn it just has negative connotation to it but i believe that he is verbally beefing with his athletic director Mm -hmm. in the media
1: yeah, this goes back to everything we've been talking about. Nobody's on the same page, not even in your own university. The ADs aren't on the same page as the presidents. And apparently at Ohio State, the AD and the head coach aren't on the same page. Not a good look. I mean, everything at Nebraska, they're on the same page. <laughs> from the chancellor to the AD to the head coach to the, to the window. To <laughs> the
5: Hey. <laughs> but no, they're all yeah. on the
1: same page. But from everything we're seeing at Ohio State, People aren't on the same page. And that just goes back to everything I've been saying from Jump Street. These ADs, these commissioners from the Power Five, everybody has egos. CYA. They're, they're, yeah. Cover your ass. And that's what they're doing. You know, Gene is trying to cover his by being in lockstep with the Big Ten as a as a whole. And being in lockstep with the Ohio State University as a whole. Ryan Day, his sole job is to coach football. He's not worried about, you know, the baseball team, track team, whatever other teams at Ohio State, badminton team. He ain't worried about them. He's worried about the football team and worried about putting on a great show on Saturdays and getting a bunch of dudes to the NFL. So he's pushing an envelope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I don't even know who's right or wrong here. That's the thing. It sounds like, I mean, I'm beating up on Gene Smith, but Gene Smith, there's a a justified reason to do it. I just don't like how he's handled situations in the past, but that's an argument for later. But this isn't a good thing. Like I said, so the timeline, one more time. Big Ten pulls the plug. Ryan Day says the fight's not over. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to do everything we can to play football this fall. That everything's still on the table. Gene Smith, about an hour later, nope. Not playing (laughs) this fall. Focused on spring. Today, press conference, Ryan Day, it's a fluid situation. We are continuing to keep everything on deck. Everything's on the table. We are continuing to look to play this fall. An hour later, Gene Smith, nope, (laughs) not playing this fall. That to me, and like I said, you're right about Nebraska. We can make fun of Nebraska, but they're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. They are delivering the same message every time. Every time one of those idiots opens their mouth, they're all saying (laughs) the same thing. You don't have to like what they're saying I do kinda of like what they're saying. They're f fi- I like the passion. I like that they're cohesively on the same page as far as that's concerned. That's not at Ohio State. This is a problem. And you can roll your eyes and say I'm making something out of nothing, but I truly believe it's a problem. And I think it's a problem that will it's it's one of those things that they'll move on. Ryan Day's a professional. Mm-hmm. Ryan Day is one of those where he's not gonna sulk and spend the next week just, you know, pouting. It's okay, tomorrow. Are we allowed to practice? If we have this big, magical spring football freaking season coming up here in a few months, are we allowed to practice? Can I get my guys rolling? If you're taking my my quarterback, Justin Fields, away from me, I I have these freshmen that need to figure some stuff out. I need to figure it out. So can I practice with you? That's going to be Ryan Day. But there's going to come a point in the future when an NFL team comes knocking. Yes. And it's going to be a better opportunity for him, as crazy as that sounds, because Ohio State, I think, is the job to have in college football. Uh, I I think you can – Alabama, Ohio State, the two best jobs you can have in college football right there. I do believe, though, that because of the relationship with Gene Smith, although there's no public outing of it being bad, I think you're – put the pieces together. I think you're starting to see a deterioration of relationship between the two. And let's be clear. Ryan Day, I'm not going to give Gene Smith too much credit for Ryan Day. Ryan Day was the only choice. You you weren't going to go anywhere else. Not when Urban Meyer, who was God on that campus, even after all of the negative drama that surrounded Urban Meyer, the public perception was in his favor still. Urban Meyer was the victim in all that. So when Urban Meyer was the one coming out saying, it has to be Ryan Day, it's Ryan Day, it's Ryan Day. Gene Smith wasn't going to go any He doesn't like conflict. He hates conflict. It's obvious. I'm not going to give him credit for Ryan Day because Ryan Day was what made sense anyways. But you know what I'm saying as far as that goes. So I, I don't know. There's just a lot of weird moving parts to this. It's emotional time, man.
1: People aren't on the same page. And people aren't on the same page in this country. People aren't on the same page in this building where we work about the mass stuff. Like, So to expect two different people to be exactly on the same page walking line step with this college football situation i think it's far-fetched i think you know it's two people that are bumping heads people bump heads at their workplace all the time i think they're bumping heads right now because obviously one wants to i think both of them really wanted to play but i think one is worried about the issues of being sued and the student athletes being safe and they're bumping heads on that and i mean normally it's you know the AD and the president right now is the AD and the football coach.
0: Yeah, and Gene Smith, I said earlier, kind of like a, a yes man. He doesn't like to stir the boat or stir the pot. Like he doesn't want to rock the boat. He doesn't like conflict. He doesn't like drama. He gets uncomfortable. And that's why he disappears in those situations. I am not even saying that's the wrong thing because a lot of times with legal, with a lot of litigation and stuff like that, like sometimes you don't want to say anything anyways. Mm-hmm. But there is a pattern there that when situations where other people become vocal and loud, he's not one of them. I, to me, I'm getting the vibe of, well, no, no, hey, Ryan Day, no, don't, don't make something out of nothing. Come on, they, they said we could play in the spring. Let's just play in the spring. Come on, you know, you, we all have those friends that hate conflict and hate drama. They always want to diffuse the situation. Like if they get your order wrong, oh, they put onions on it. Oh, where's the waiter? No, 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 don't tell, It's fine. Look, I'll just pick it off. It's fine. That's Gene Smith. He's the pick it off guy. He's the, just take the onions off the burger guy. It's fine. It's no big deal. And then there's Ryan Day. I want to speak to a manager. (laughs) Oh, he's not in? Will you get him in, please? And then there's Gene Smith. It's okay. I'll just, look, I'm eating it. I'm eating it. I'm eating the onions. That's Gene Smith. Rock the boat, man. Come on. I got a tea time. I got to get out of here. Reds baseball coming up tonight one more time. Here's your quick lineup. I'm going to sprint through it. You got the Reds and the Royals, 640 the first pitch, 610 uh, will be the pre-games coming up for you here uh, in just a little bit. Excited for tonight's Reds game again, Reds and Royals, Shogo Akiyama, Nick Castellanos, Joey Votto, 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, and 6 is Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, and Nick Senzel, 7, 8, and 9, Freddie Galvis, Kyle Farmer, and Tucker Barnhart. Let's see what Wade Miley does tonight. I'm excited. I hope that the lefty can show something tonight. He didn't have a good outing in his debut with the Reds. Here's to a better one. Kevin, it's getaway day for you. You enjoy your uh, couple days. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I don't mean that. Have a horrible time. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow, folks. It's been the Justin Kinder Show on 1410 ESPN Radio.